there. Thanks for tuning in to the Inspiration to Grow podcast, the best place on the internet to up-level your mindset, nutrition, and fitness habits. My name is Lisa Oberbichler, your host and personal growth strategist, helping ambitious women live up to their full potential while gaining confidence and tackling those lingering, limiting beliefs that are holding them back, particularly in the areas of their health and wellness. We are quickly, very quickly in fact, approaching the end of season one and the 100th episode mark, which has been an exciting ride for me. What started out as a little passion project alongside my life coaching business has blossomed into a worldwide movement of goal getters who are ready and inspired to upgrade their lives. The Inspiration to Grow podcast is now reaching people from 23 countries and we are constantly growing each day. To end off season one, I'm going to bring back the most popular episodes of this season. All of these were interviews with brilliant minds from the health and wellness industry. For all my new listeners, I really hope you enjoy these classics. Season two will be kicking off March 20th with a slightly new format And I'm so excited to tell you more about this in the coming days. One more thing before we dive into today's episode. For all of you who leave a rating on my podcast, on the Apple podcasting platform, your name will be entered into the season one finale draw for your choice of three prizes. But be sure to take a screenshot and send it to lisaoberbichlercoaching at gmail.com. The winner will be announced in the first episode of season two. So you have from now until March 20th to leave your review. This helps my message get out into the world and more people will see it and get inspired. And I'd just like to say a huge thanks for your support. Just so you know, I am pulling these classics, the most listened to episodes in no particular order. Today's episode, 99, number 99, is the raw and real talk that features my guest, Jennifer Harris, a registered holistic nutritionist. She's also a hobby farmer, an entrepreneur, and a self-proclaimed blood sugar badass. We cover a wide range of topics. We cover the benefits of organic farming, the most important meal of the day, and you might be surprised what she has to say about that. We talk about blood sugar dysregulation. Many people don't know you have it, and she just talks about the symptoms and what we can do for it. We talk about stress and sleep, and we also talk about your muscles' role in regulating blood sugar and the miracle mineral magnesium and much more. It's such a great episode, packed full of solid advice and helpful tips. So I invite you to sit back and take notes because Jennifer delivers lots of inspiring information. Welcome back to the Inspiration to Grow podcast. In today's episode, I have a special guest. Her name is Jennifer Harris. She's a registered holistic nutritionist, hobby farmer, entrepreneur, and self-proclaimed health nerd. No fat diets, no counting macros or micros, no gimmicks for Jennifer, just delicious yet simple whole food plans and practical lifestyle solutions for people's 
busy lives. She also calls herself a blood sugar badass. So welcome to the show, Jennifer. Hi, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me today. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you on to speak to the listeners and uh, just go through some questions that uh, uh, I've compiled for you. But first of all, I mean, there are absolutely so many questions I'd love to jump into, but I'd like to ask you about your journey into the health and wellness space. And if you could just tell us a little bit about your own health backstory that led you to this career. Yeah, sure, Lisa, of course. Um, So I've always been a little bit of that health nerd, um, like you kind of alluded to in the intro there, Um, always was interested in the latest and greatest in in the health and wellness space and always shared those tidbits with my family. So I think it was a very natural thing for me, even though I, I didn't know that starting out. But I would say the real impetus for me starting my career as a holistic nutritionist was the decline in my health after my daughters were born. And unfortunately, in my case, and as in the case of so many others, I was repeatedly dismissed by my family doctor. Um, My labs tended to come back as quote unquote normal. And I was always told, well, you have a newborn and and a toddler, you should be exhausted. And deep down, I, I really knew something wasn't right. And so as I took my course and started applying some of the things I learned and saw such amazing changes, um, at that point, I knew if I could help myself, uh, there's got to be women out there that I could help um, having those same struggles as well. And so that's really how I got started. Oh, wow. So it was that pivotal moment where you wanted to dive in deeper and help yourself, but you had already started on your career path as a nutritionist, right? Yeah, like I was really starting to apply things while I was uh, taking my course through the through the um, natural nutrition course. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, um, I was applying it to myself. And really, I think when I started the course, it was more for me than anything. I really was just super passionate about it. And I felt unwell. And then I was like, wow, I think I could really make a career out of this. So it felt very organic. Um, Like sort of I was I was on the right path, or not to sound too cheesy, but (laughs) I did feel like on the right path. Good, good. good. Now, um, have you do you come from a farming background? Or how did you get into hobby farming? I'm really interested in knowing that. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, as much as I love the health and wellness space, I've been, um, I love animals. I, we've, I've had animals growing up and um, I have this nurturing thing. I, I believe I got it from my mother. She's uh, a nurturing spirit, but um, I always loved caring for things. And so having animals and having those a part of my life just seemed, um, again, very organic, very natural, something I was inclined to. And um, the hobby farming really started when my husband and I bought our property and we have a hundred acres just outside of Owen Sound. And, you know, we didn't know anything about conventional farming, but we both share a love for animals. So um, it started with, you know, dogs and cats, and then we had chickens and horses. And so (laughs) we've got quite the menagerie going on over here. So yeah, oh, that, that's awesome. And yeah. how about growing your own fruits and vegetables? 
Yeah. So I, my, one of my great passions is my organic garden and my husband shares that passion as well. And one of the things that we love to do is teach our our kids how to grow things. Um, so they have that connection to, um, to food and to where food comes from. So we do raise as well, our own organic uh, meat birds, and we have laying hens for farm fresh eggs. And it really, I think gives our kids an understanding of that whole circle of life. And for us, it's nourishing ourselves and our kids in the most natural way. So it's a pretty beautiful thing. And I know not everyone has the capability to do that, but, um, if you can purchase from somebody growing local or support a local farmer, um, there's a lot of love and passion that goes into that process. So I think it's amazing that you're showing your children um, just what goes into food. And it must be a very fun family activity, too. It really is. It can be. I mean, when it's minus 30 out, it's not so fun <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> like today. But um, honestly, it does bring us so much joy. And, you know, we have friends that always say, you know, it's so much work. How do you guys keep up? And it just becomes the norm. It becomes part of the day-to-day activities. And because we, 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 we reap so many benefits from every aspect of it, and it teaches our kids to work hard too, right? It teaches them that great work ethic. So there's so many um, positive points when it comes to that. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, my mother was a, a, a bit of a hobby farmer when it comes to vegetables and our summer chores were always, you know, hoeing, picking, you know, yeah. um, and then the harvest came and we were always thrilled, you know, not only to eat the, the, the fresh vegetables, but also maybe to earn a little bit of pocket money if we could sell a few of the, the baskets uh, of beans or potatoes or whatever. But it, I, you know, I have very fond memories of that. And I think, um, I think any any child that experiences that they just have a better understanding and better appreciation for food. Yeah. And it must be a wonderful thing creating your own salads in the summertime with, you know, your your produce. So just knowing where they come from, what's what's put on them, what isn't put on them and uh, just the whole the whole cycle of growing, right? Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I we talked in our pre-interview minute mm-hmm. about horseback riding. Of course, when I saw that picture of you on horseback, that led me to ask you how you got into it because um, I have ridden horses uh, all my life, but I, I actually got into it on, on a competitive level at um, as an adult. I was yep. over thirty, but you had a very strong message, and and maybe you could share that with the listeners. Um, about, let's say, being a mother and pursuing your hobbies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I, I work predominantly with women and, of course, have a lot of really wonderful um, friends that are women. And, and, of course, we have conversations about um, our kids and life and the balance and the juggle of things. And one thing, one narrative that I was hearing a lot was... Um, you know, oh, I, my kids are my passion now. And, you know, there's no time for my, my hobby, whatever that might've been for that particular friend or, or person. And um, that made me really sad. I have, um, I guess I didn't realize it, but it was, it was and has been I've a fight almost to keep my, um, my hobby and my passion for myself. Um, and I do find, as we were discussing before the podcast, that I 
I think I'm a better mother because of it. I know I have um, a place that's close to my heart to go to and to hit the reset button and and sort of detox from my day. And then I come back a better parent. So um, I guess the message would be to women is that don't give yourself up completely to your family, even though we, we do give a part of our soul to our kids and our husbands and all that. Don't, uh, don't sacrifice what you love because it's, um, it's, it's hard to get that back as you leave it longer and longer. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would you say it's almost a a form of self-care? It is absolutely a form of self-care. Yeah. It's my therapy for sure. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. It, uh, and everyone should go out there and find that thing, that activity, that is is something special for them that lights them up that helps them reset like you said and um just you know provides them a few moments of you know sanity and knowing that they're looking after themselves and their mental health and well-being and you know what horseback riding is also quite a physical activity so you're getting a good workout in uh, as well right Right. That's right. It ticks a couple of boxes there. That's for sure. (laughs) So one of the questions I like to ask uh, professionals from the health and wellness space is what is something about perhaps nutrition or holistic nutrition that not many of us know? Yeah, I love this question. This is fun. Um, There are really so many things that I could touch on, but I'm going to I'm going to go to one that really jumps out at me. And that is something maybe that's a bit misunderstood. So I would like to touch on breakfast. So I firmly believe that it is the most important and perhaps misunderstood meal of the day. So if we're looking at it solely from a perspective of balancing blood sugar, having a balance of quality protein, fat and fiber and fiber coming from non-starchy vegetables is the recipe for success. So what I mean by that is if you're looking to have a day without cravings or irritability and you want sustained energy and better focus and also a healthy gap between meals to allow for better digestion, um, breakfast is, is, is so important. And it's less about uh, when you have it and more about what you have. Um, Because I know that a lot of people in the health and wellness space are trying intermittent fasting or they're doing an extended fast um, through the night, maybe a little bit longer. So again, it's less about um, about when and more about what you're having. So I really love to talk about that one because I do get a lot of people that are skipping breakfasts now and wondering why they're on a roller coaster through the rest of the day. So yeah, that's my favorite misunderstood topic. Thank you very much for bringing that up. So what you're saying is it's not as much about when. So as while we call it breakfast, mm-hmm. uh, you're referring to your first meal of the day that sets you up for success with energy and uh, regulating blood sugar and right? Yeah, exactly. And the whole the, the answer is in the word, right? So it's the breaking of the fast. Yeah, right. It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean you have to jump out of bed and feel like eating a balanced meal because a lot of us don't, especially as we get older, I find just women, um, they tend to not be hungry right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And so it could be at 11 o'clock or, or something like that, but it's about what you have in that meal that really sets the tone for the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you call yourself a blood sugar 
badass, which I think is such a, such a cool label because you do touch on this subject quite a bit uh, mm-hmm. on your Instagram feed. And let's dive in now and maybe talk about one of the things that comes up time and time again, which, which you talk about is, is blood sugar dysregulation. Yeah. I mean, could you tell us about it? Maybe people haven't even considered that before. What symptoms, what should we be concerned about? Um, just give us Absolutely. your take on it, please. Yeah, for sure. And, and first I'd like to say that I became more focused on the blood sugar element of health as I was seeing some um, version of dysregulation to some extent in nearly all of my clients, which, said, which says something right there, right? It was like, okay, this is obviously a marker for, un, for a baseline for health, and it can contribute to um, worsening symptoms and other um, aspects of health as well. So it's an important one to focus on. I guess the tricky thing is that not a lot of people recognize what uh, a symptom of blood sugar dysregulation looks like. So I'll list some of those Mm -hmm. and hopefully that will just help with some awareness on it. So things like brain fog, um, chronic headaches, intense cravings, um, energy imbalances, fatigue, for example, inflammation, poor sleep, weight loss resistance. (laughs) A feeling of hangry, and we've all heard that word, right? It's big in social media where you're um, angry and hungry. So you're super irritable between meals or if a meal is skipped. And then poor sleep and anxiety. Like those are all symptoms of blood sugar dysregulation. So um, I guess what you had said before, like what can you do? And again, we're going to talk about, you know, starting with that healthy breakfast that we just spoke about. Um, really addressing your sleep, um, hydrating. Uh, most of us are dehydrated. Ditching processed carbs, which, you know, people cringe when they hear that. They're like, oh, you know, what's she going to take away from me? Um, and then aim for protein, fat, and fiber at each meal. Like, it, it, it's really simple steps. They can be difficult to implement if you're kind of flailing. But once you kind of get the ball rolling on that, the changes can be pretty quick. So um, there's lots you can do, definitely. Okay, so when we go back to the the meal itself, you're saying mm-hmm. protein, fat, and fiber. So, yeah. um, what what fibers would you recommend? Because you said at the beginning not so much the starchy fibers, you weren't talking about those. So Mm -hmm. what, what fibers would you kind of recommend to, to add into the protein and the fats? Okay, for sure. That's a great question. Um, I think if we go back to the example, excuse me, we could talk about how to balance your plate at breakfast. So one of my most favorite breakfasts and one that um, my kids enjoy as well is doing um, a couple of pasture raised eggs. If you have access to farm fresh eggs, that's even better. Um, having those in, in whatever way you want, but typically we'll do um, a little omelet or um, add the veggies on the side, but I like it in an omelet format. So I'll do a couple of eggs with some sliced onion and some broccoli And then we'll do avocado with a little salt on top on the side. So you get the protein from your eggs, you get the carbs from the non-starchy broccoli and onions, and the fat comes from your avocado. And it's such a satiating breakfast. It's so filling and it sets you up for that 
minimum of four hour gap between your next meal to allow for your body to break that down. And it really, it doesn't impact your blood sugar in a way that causes the spike and the crash. So that's kind of a good example of, of a really balanced plate. And talk about easy. Right? Yeah, right? So quick I, it to together. Yeah. doesn't get much easier than that, right? That's right. <laughs> I love oh, easy. <laughs> goodness, goodness, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, you also talk about the effect of stress, particularly mm-hmm. on blood sugar. And I mean, I'm talking more and more about stress and uh, healthy or, or improving a person's sleep routine because I think people underestimate the impact that both poor sleep and high stress levels have on our body, on our gut health, mm-hmm. on our, well, you, you can't really maintain a, a healthy mindset and go after your goals if you're feeling drained of energy and just, you know, things in your body just don't feel right, you know? Absolutely. 100%. And sleep is when we recharge, right? So Mm -hmm. if we're not recharging the battery, for lack of a better example, then, you know, we're always in that deficit. And if we're not sleeping properly, we're, our cortisol regulation is off. Mm -hmm. So, and then we're in that stress state. So stress triggers cortisol. So that's that fight or flight hormone for those that aren't familiar. So um, cortisol has multiple functions in the body, but it's better known as as the stress hormone. Um, And it triggers a release of glucose into your bloodstream, right? So what that's doing is releasing glucose into your bloodstream for for quick energy so that we can run away from the quote unquote saber tooth tiger, right? From whatever threat our body perceives. So when it happens chronically, insulin, which is responsible for taking glucose out of the bloodstream and ushering it into our cells, it becomes less effective or the cells start to ignore it. And then the blood glucose stays high, right? Which is not an optimal um, place to be for our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so for women, we're our own worst enemies, right? We we really need to focus on carving out time for self-care. And self-care could look like making sure that your sleep hygiene or your sleep schedule is on point, making sure you're getting at least eight hours. Um, But it could look also like, so say you're like, no, I've got my sleep system. It's good. Maybe it's reading a book, taking time um, alone to read a book, to journal, to journal your thoughts um, at the beginning or the end of the day. Moving your body is um, a great stress relief as long as you're not overdoing it when the battery's already in a little bit of a deficit. And then um, also one thing I, I do want to make a note on with the stress component is that if you're in a stress state and you're in that deficit already and you're surviving on caffeine, you're not doing yourself any favors because caffeine spikes that cortisol like we talked about, right? That stress hormone and, and can further contribute to that blood sugar imbalance. So again, it's that cringeworthy, like, oh God, do I have to cut out caffeine? And, and no, you don't have to cut it out completely, but really watching your intake can be extremely beneficial when you're trying to rebalance your stressed state. So just wanted to throw that one in there. It's kind of like a double whammy, isn't it? When your yeah. stress is high and then you uh, have that cup of coffee, then it really is hitting your body 
twice with something that is not really going to be very helpful, right? That's, yeah, exactly. Uh, now, you did, and, and a part of my messaging on this podcast is to encourage women, uh, but also the men that are listening, because I know <laughs> there are there are some out there, but but um, I'm always encouraging them to get into strength training, right? Mm-hmm. Just try it and and make it part of their daily routine. And I'm not talking about, you know, hours at the gym. I'm not talking about heavy weights. I'm talking about just picking up simple dumbbells or anything you might have around the house that could be going to the pantry and taking some of those cans of whatever fruit and vegetables and just start with that. Right. Yeah. Uh, But, but you make uh, a note of this and perhaps you can speak to this a bit. Muscles play Mm -hmm. a notable role in regulating blood sugar levels. So this is another, let's say positive aspect of working out, building up through strength training, a muscular physique. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is such an important um, piece of the puzzle. And, and, you know, people, I think, for those that aren't familiar with nutritionists, we're sort of looking at the whole body, right? So it's not just about what you're ingesting, but it's about lifestyle and and sleep. We're kind of, we're addressing all the boxes um, to get a better, um, better feeling overall. And, and muscle is so important and there's so many reasons why, like the, the list is, is enormous, but if we think about it, so one angle is that at the age of 30, which is so crazy, but at the age of 30, we start to lose muscle mass every decade between two and 5% of our muscle mass and muscles are what draw glucose in from the bloodstream, almost like a sponge, right? Like those muscle cells are are soaking up the glucose out of the bloodstream so obviously you're having a metabolic response there right so mm-hmm. almost like your muscle mass is um is helping you burn calories and and function and keeping your frame up and your body moving and all these things but they're also helping to regulate blood sugar levels so like you had mentioned, it's sort of do whatever you, whatever you like, or you don't need heavy, expensive equipment. Um, you can do he- body weight exercises like calisthenics, um, free weights, stretchy bands. Um, and at very least, we're just trying to mitigate the loss of muscle. And, and I think women are under the impression that if we're lifting heavy weights, that we're going to get bulky and big. And that's a really difficult state for women to get into naturally. That takes a lot of effort to get bulky like men do because we don't have those testosterone levels. So don't be afraid of lifting weights. Um, it's, uh, it's so invigorating after doing even just a 10-minute workout. You feel stronger, feel clearer. Um, and that's just, I think, in part because your body's soaking up that glucose out of the bloodstream and, and having all those beneficial effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for mentioning that on the Facebook group, we have, I'm posting one exercise per day that women can do to, um, well, first of all, move their body, but, but hopefully on, on another level, just start to build up and work those muscles. Right. And I've, I've labeled this month, 
uh, feel fit in February. So I've got quite, <laughs> quite a few women who wanted the exercises. Um, and so I've been posting them and, and getting, you know, good feedback that they're, they're doing them. So I'm, I'm really, really happy, but you explained it very, very well uh, that, um, that the roles, the muscles play. So, you know, I, I think everyone has a different perspective on this and, and I just want women to hear it and know this is something that you should be prioritizing in your daily routine, right? 100%. Yeah. Now you have said that your favorite mineral is magnesium and I've, I've heard it called the miracle mineral. Mm -hmm. uh, can you shed some light on, on this for us? Yeah. For sure. I, I love this. Uh, I love this question because it is my favorite um, badass mineral, I like to call it. Oh. Uh, it, it really just has so many applications. Um, for example, it helps you have better quality sleep. It helps your bowel movements. It helps break down and process glucose and helps your body secrete and use insulin more effectively, which again, it goes back to that blood sugar balancing. And so if we're talking about getting magnesium in the diet, it's definitely more difficult now. Um, conventional farming has stripped a lot of the magnesium out of our soil. We need the microbiome of the soil to be healthy. Those good bugs in the soil need to be healthy to produce magnesium. And unfortunately, with the way conventional farming is going, um, it's being stripped because the microbiome of the soil is dying. And so all more point to have those organic gardens, if you're willing. Um, but some foods that are still um, great sources of magnesium would be things like dark chocolate or cacao. Cacao is, is like cocoa. It looks like cocoa, but it's the unprocessed raw form with much more nutrient density. Mm -hmm. um, avocados are great, raw nuts and seeds. And then the dark, dark leafy greens and vegetables are generally great sources as well. So um, not all magnesium is created equal. So, um, and there are different applications for different types. So for example, magnesium oxide tends to be really poorly absorbed. Um, but if you're someone who struggles with constipation, magnesium citrate can be a great option as it draws water into the bowel. So there, you'll, you'll often see if you look up magnesium, there's lots of different types. And that's where, you know, your nutritionist can help you figure out what the right, um, the right type is for you. Okay, that's it. That's a good point. Because there is so much conflicting information out there about magnesium, and it comes yeah. in so many different forms. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the three examples you gave that we could eat. I mean, avocados, nuts and seeds, and the dark leafy greens. Uh -huh. um, but you, it, it boils down to talk to a nutritionist and find out what you need based on what's going on with you and your body. And uh, you, you can, as a nutritionist, can direct them to the proper form, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just a little guidance helps sometimes, right? Because sometimes mm -hmm. so much information there, it's really hard to wade through it all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, you you say that getting healthy is a team sport. Mm. Yeah, I love the sport analogy. <laughs> and what do you mean by that? Choose your players well. Your team is out there, but choose your players well and appropriately, right? 
Yeah. I think that came from the struggles I had with my um, family doctor and being so dismissed. And for a long time, you know, you're sort of in the wind, you're, you're researching online, you're doctor Googling things. And, and I mean, I had the, the benefit of being in a course that really helped to guide me in so many ways, but not everybody um, wants to go down that path. Not everybody wants to go back to school to become a nutritionist, nor do they want to read research papers and do all of the things. And so that's where having a health team is so, so important. So I get asked a lot, you know, well, who do you use? You're a nutritionist. You already know all the things. And oh, Lord, there I will never know all the things. Um, I work with a fantastic women's health naturopath. And I'll just I'll throw her name in here. It's Dr. Kara in Owen Sound. She is incredible. And um she helps me with all things women's health. If I have concerns about my hormones or um, so we do generally just a yearly check-in regardless. And then I also have an osteopath because I'm fit, very physically active and sometimes struggle with, um, with movement and keeping my body in alignment and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a great friend who teaches yoga and she helps me, um, make sure that I'm, I'm doing movement correctly. And, and these people, um, I consider my team, right? They're people I rely on for their, for their niche, their, um, their corner of the health, yeah, corner of the health world that, um, that they're experts in. Right. And it feels good to have people have your back. Right. So, right. Yeah. So get yeah. out there, find your support system, find your team, uh, that you need and everyone's individual, right? So, uh, what what one person might need, the next person might have other, uh, yeah, let's say concerns, issues, and and habits and activities that require a different support system, right? Yeah, Good. that's right. Yeah. No, I, I thought that was so interesting. Uh, getting healthy is a team sport, and and mm-hmm. you just explained it very well there. And so, how do you keep fit? Uh, what is your favorite form of exercise? Oh, okay. So, well, obviously I think we've alluded to the horseback riding thing. That's definitely my passion and my, and my most consistent activity. But even in saying that I cross train, um, to be a better rider. And also because I do like to mix things up. Um, I don't like things to get stale. Um, so obviously, um, lifting weights is super important to me. So I make sure I'm doing that a few times a week. And then I love to walk. Uh, we've got dogs and I love to walk with girlfriends. It's sort of like talk and walk therapy, <laughs> we call it. Um, so, um, and then in the winter, I'll also use my spin bike, like on days like today when um, maybe dogs don't even want to walk, <laughs> I'll hop on my bike. And, uh, and just, I like to mix and match. It keeps it interesting for me. I know more, lots of people like the routine of, of, of same type exercises, but I really do like to mix things up and dabble. So that's my, my routine. Yeah. Well, you know, variety is the spice of life. And, and I think to keep something interesting and, uh, to keep you going at it, Mm -hmm. variety is, is very important. And I think many, uh, fitness trainers would definitely agree with you that just do what lights you up, do what excites you. And um, just, yeah, it sounds like you have quite a good, quite a good variety. Did you mention yoga? Yes. Yeah. 
do. I do love yoga as well. I actually need to get back into doing a little bit more of that. That's kind of fallen by the wayside, but I always feel more centered when I'm doing yoga consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, and it's great strength too, right? I mean, if anybody's ever tried doing a plank or um, holding a certain position in yoga, warrior pose or whatever, you're really using those muscles. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, look, yeah. You know, people, oh, yoga, it's frou-frou, but no, it's tough. And it's, oh, you just feel so amazing when you finish, when you finish a practice. So I highly recommend it. Oh, good, good, good. It's good to know. Yeah. Um, so we all know that it can be a bit overwhelming to start a wellness journey mm-hmm. people think you, you you mentioned it before people think they perhaps have to give up so much mm-hmm. maybe they don't see all the ways they can benefit from it but I I know that a lot of listeners are making changes uh, to their daily habits uh, whether it's exercise or their nutrition um, turning to a healthy eating lifestyle. And, and yeah, it, I, I, I hear from a lot of them, it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So what tips could you offer someone to ease into this and be more successful in their long lasting in the long lasting changes they would like to, to make? Yeah, great question, Lisa. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways I could approach this question, but I think I really need to mention that it's not about motivation. And and let me explain by that. Motivation might get you started, but it will fade. And I think there are studies to prove that it lasts about 14 days, sometimes 21 in some of the studies they've looked at, and then it dissipates. And um, what I really think is that it's about consistency consistency and building on good habits is a better angle to take when you're when you're thinking about it objectively and also a really quick note is that anything that advertises to you a quick fix is a gimmick your health journey your wellness is not should not be based off of a gimmick and um, unfortunately wellness doesn't have an easy button so what I suggest to my clients is that um, you start small and focus on just a few key goals and get in the habit of doing those and build off of that foundation. So for instance, um, the breakfast we talked about, I know we've mentioned it a couple of times now, but having that really um, balanced breakfast, um, drinking enough water, so that ample hydration, so, so important. Um, quality sleep, you're going to make your sleep hygiene or sleep schedule where, you know, uh, fireworks couldn't slow you down from getting to bed and having no light and doing all the things. So you get that great sleep. And then another really easy one for people that gets missed so often is just chewing slowly and well, and that gives you intention around your food. It helps your digestion. It helps you enjoy what's in front of you. And also kind of forces you to breathe a little better while you're eating. So those are some just really small but really impactful things to start with on that, uh, on that journey to being successful in your health and wellness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's so true, right? Motivation may be the thing that gets you started, mm-hmm. but habit is what will keep you going and create those consistent habits and changes that you want right and yeah no those were some some great tips and and I like you know 
I like the fact that you've emphasized breakfast. I mean, <laughs> you said it doesn't matter when you have it. The word itself implies you're breaking the fast, that time that you haven't eaten or consumed anything. Yeah. And it should be uh, nutritious. It should have the fats, the protein, and the fiber. And you gave a great example. I mean, there are hundreds of other things too that people could put together if they don't like eggs, can't eat yeah. eggs and, yeah. and, and avocado and whatever. I mean, what you described is my ideal, yeah. <laughs> ideal breakfast. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are other options out there, but, but just the fact that setting yourself up for an energized uh, day and, and regulating that blood sugar, as you mentioned, is just such an important point. And so to wrap up, uh, today's talk, Jennifer, uh, what is one big major takeaway that you'd like everyone to leave with today? Mm. Oh, that's tough. Um, I think if you've been struggling to get started or you've been feeling dismissed by, um, by whatever health practitioner or even family members with what you're, what you're, um, dealing with symptom wise or just overall well-being, um, it can be so scary in the beginning to ask for help. Um, I'm not sure what that mental block is, but it sometimes it, it sets people up with enough overwhelm that they just, they do nothing. And I just want everyone to know that um, if you ask for help, if you can do it, it's so worth it. And, and even if it just helps you get the ball rolling on setting those good habits, um, in the long run, it's, it's just, um, it's such a game changer. So don't be afraid to ask for help. And um, practitioners like myself and NDs, and there's so many out there are just, um, we're here for you. And that's um, what I'd like to leave everybody with. That's a fantastic message. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Now, I'm going to encourage everyone. Jennifer Harris has the most fantastic, well-curated, informative, educational Instagram account. And of course, I'm going to ask Jennifer where we can get in touch with her and dive into her world. But And I will be adding these links uh, in the show notes. But can you tell listeners how they can get in touch with you and just uh, find out more about you? Yeah, they might want to um, take you up on um, an offer that you might have. How would they how would they find you? Yeah, thanks, Lisa. Um, so I'm on Instagram at Jennifer Harris underscore nutrition. And I share lots of like, um, Lisa, so beautifully put. Um, and I really appreciate that, Lisa. Um, uh, there's a lot of great info on there. Um, just about um, balancing blood sugar and getting your health back on track. Um, so lots of great info there. You can also link to my website via the Instagram page. And that's jenniferharrisnutrition.com. And if you link into my website, there's some great info there and, and some of the services I offer, but I also have a, a newsletter that I send out and you can just sign up with your email and the newsletter will also send you anything like promotions or, or freebies or things like that, that we have going on. So that's a really great resource as well. So, um, and through that link, you can also book a free chat with me if you're interested in, in working with, with myself and, and getting things going. So, yeah. 
Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that. And Jennifer, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so very much for taking the time out of your busy day today. I know your children are at home and it was <laughs> a very snowy day around here. So we all have things to do outside, I'm sure. But thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your tips. It, it's just been amazing. Oh, thanks, Lisa. And thanks for, for sharing all these, um, these great podcasts with, with your community. I think what you're doing is such a beautiful thing. So thank you. Oh, thank you very much. So listeners, on behalf of Jennifer Harris and myself, we hope to have inspired you to grow today. Thank you very much for tuning in and supporting the podcast. And I'll say till next time. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to today's talk. Check out today's show notes for ways to connect with me. And for additional weekly mindset hacks and tangible action steps, click the link in the show notes to reach my website, inspiration to grow That's with the digit two. One more thing. If you enjoyed this podcast, tag me and share it in your Instagram or Facebook stories, or simply share it with a friend who might need a pep talk today. Be sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast site, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music Podcast, and this way you'll never miss an episode. If you like paying it forward, please consider leaving a review. You'd help my podcast get prioritized and shared with other people who may need this message. I appreciate you and encourage you to make every day count.